1: In these days of instant content, it's so refreshing to talk to people that have a great knowledge and a great background in what it used to be like back in the days of VHS and the early days of the internet. Welcome to the show. I'm John, also known as Hi There Katsuit. And on today's episode, we talk with two gentlemen who are bondage producers. One from the great Harmony Communications days And the other one, one of the top fetish model producers right now. He also happens to have a shiny fetish like me. Go figure. John Woods grew up in Indiana and lived in New York before moving to California to work for Harmony Concepts in 1993. Little did he know his background in theater, radio, and writing would come in so handy for his dream job. He's produced a lot of Damsel in Distress style bondage videos and continues to do so. He considers his life partner Lorelei Mission to be integral for his success. Shiny Bound was established in 2015. Over the last six years, they have released over 1,000 videos and worked with hundreds of models. Winner of FetishCon's Best Rigger Award, Known for their tight ties and signature shiny wardrobe, Shiny Bound's work is hard to miss. And be sure to check out their other project, shiniesboundsluts.com. John Woods and Shiny Bound, two amazing producers on what women and other wonderful humans want.
0: It's five questions about memorable firsts.
1: We call it The First Five. Shiny, I will start with you. First time a woman walked into your place to be tied up, what were the emotions going through your head?
2: Wow. Um, I was really, really nervous. I was excited about it, but yes, super nervous.
1: John, the first time someone walked through your door, for you to tie them up in your emotions
3: uh, it's, it's uh it's kind of an interesting question because uh the the first time when i first came out to harmony to do my little job interview they um eric holman and lorelei were like sort of like i just think we were were i think we were like in my hotel room they're putting me up in a hotel at that time and uh the funny thing is i don't remember this at all but apparently, like, well, I sat down in the chair and I'm thrope. and it's like, they said that later on, I like froze for a moment. <laughs> like, I was like, very carefully trying to think out what I'm going to do. And um, so so I guess I was sort of like in shock, in shock that this is really happening. Uh, but otherwise, where I was staying later on, I was h- hired by Harmony, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Astro Renee was the first model who came to my, my place to do a still shoot. And um, luckily it was her, you know, it, it, because if it had been like a newbie or somebody who wasn't super professional and didn't know what they're doing, it, I would have been much more nervous. Uh, but, you know, RQ just said, ah, oh, don't worry. She's great, you know, you know, you have no problem. You can't, you can't have a bad shoot with Ashley. So like, okay. Uh, so, and uh, I was very, very enthusiastic back then. I because I still am. I hope so, but, uh, but that was it. In shock the, the, the first time, not professionally and, and
1: you know, very you know, anxious, uh, you know, happy to be there the second time. So, John, I'll start with you. First bondage magazine you ever owned and what drew you to it? First magazine I probably bought was probably one of those really horrible old ruslan news type magazines.
3: Uh, the back in those days for, for you youngsters out there, there used to be these adult bookstores and you would buy the magazines, they'd be wrapped in plastic. So you could not tell, mm-hmm. What was in the magazine itself so you had to go by the, the cover and so i actually don't oddly enough i don't remember what the magazine was but obviously I had a cover that i liked and also you know the one good thing about those magazines in those days from Russell news was they were cheap you know it's like <laughs> the, the towel magazines and the uh, the others they were a bit more but they, they were like four dollars you know just like man so you and if you bought them by mail at, in you know larger quantity you would get a break the price there so um, it's sort of like, yeah, it had to be, you know, the, the cover, you know, the, the part that advertises it and the price for those two things. Um, see, of course, later on, you find out you get what you pay for. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shiny, first time you ever opened up the pages of a bondage magazine and what you thought of it?
2: Wow. Um, I, th- I think I probably stole my first bondage magazine because I was too embarrassed to buy it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was definitely one of those old, uh, like harmony concepts. Uh, oh shoot. I couldn't even tell you which one would be the the first one I got. I had quite a stack of them by the, I think I still actually, yeah, I got a, I still got a stack of them right here. Wow. Who are some of the models in it? Oh, uh, all the old school eighties, uh, you know, Darla Crane, uh wow uh was <laughs> it Chelsea pfeiffer and there's like just uh a ton uh the old uh simone devon or devon um so yeah just just a, a ton of those old models shiny i will start with you for
1: this one first time you received a review of one of your works and what did it say
2: ah a review you know um rob with rope dreams did like a really nice write-up i think that was probably the first one and uh it was like a, a a really involved deal he definitely you know obviously had done his homework and uh included a bunch of pictures and and everything and did like a really nice write-up for his rope dreams group on on i guess it was on the yahoo group back then but uh i think that was the first one
1: john can you remember the first review you ever got <laughs> oh i i do it was it was not great the,
3: <laughs> <laughs> i one of the you know i was just getting started at harmony concepts and um I felt, you know, well, my, my former boss, R.Q. Harmon, uh, was always playing things very cautious, sort of like people are today, where you have to be very cautious about what you put out there. And uh, so they were very much into the consensual stuff and, you know, a girl, girl, nothing, the plots were not more involved than uh, you stole my boyfriend, uh, which made fun of all the time when possible. So the first movie I did, which was like a damsel in distress conflict type of story that you know, got to do was a video called Agents of Fate. And uh, you know, back in the days of snail mail, uh, things, things take a little bit longer. Finally got my first review it was from this guy who absolutely hated it. He thought, and not, not the models, not the, the rigging. You know, it was like me as director, I sucked. It was horrible uh the and you know looking back at it now it's like god yes probably the camera work was awful and everything like that uh of course at the time it's sort of like give me a break dude three months ago i was working in a mail room now i'm directing bondage videos you know it's like, yeah, don't don't uh you know give me a give me a chance here uh so luckily my boss did uh and it seemed
1: to work out pretty well so, John, first type of camera you ever used to shoot a video? Oh, man.
3: Uh, it was one of those gigantic 12-pound Super VHS camcorder. Uh, there was just, you know, you had to look through the viewfinder. And, uh, you know, it was just, let's see. My most memorable experiences with one of those 12-pounders was uh, RQ did a... a, a sort of discussion talk room thing with some of the bigger name models at the time. And we had, I think we had like maybe I think two camcorders, one that was on a tripod and one that was me. So I could do close ups of the of the women as they were talking. And of course it was long, long <laughs> takes like 15, 20 minute takes. And by the end I'm like, ah luckily Laura, I was there to like massage my shoulder because it just like <laughs> terrible cramps from that. And but you know it was continuous. You couldn't and say stop wait i need to need to recover here a second so anyway
1: shiny how about you i know you're a little more modern but i'm sure you have a story or two uh
2: yeah you know these uh these i'm more interested in hearing what john has to say (laughs) 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 Uh, i think my first camera was just like a, a gopro like a something like that like little wide-angle GoPro that I had with me at uh, the first FetishCon I went to.
1: Shiny, uh, we'll finish up the first five asking you this first. First Bondage Crush.
2: Ooh. Wow. Uh, you know, that's a good one. I'd, I'd have to say uh, Yvonne Craig from uh, the original Batman series. Those cat whiskers will get you every time.
1: (laughs) How about you, John? I guess you should say Lorelei, but other than Lorelei.
3: (laughs) Well, I met her, you know, later on in life. So, you know, from the beginning I would say uh, probably Noel Neal as Lois Lane from the 1950s Superman series, because that was probably part of my psychological imprinting. You know, it's like, wow, there's something to this, you know, didn't know what it was because it was when like five years old watching the reruns, but you know, that, that would probably be, and also I think that probably had an effect uh, as to like preferring like Shiny, for example. Shiny, you know, loved Batgirl, the, the shiny costumes, which obviously has affected his work. And for me, I'm seeing Lois Lane in the granted pretty stuffy looking with today's standards, uh, you know, secretary type outfits. And so that's you know had an impact on on my work.
1: And that actually segues very well to our next segment, which we will have when we come back. What's it like to dress a bondage model when we return on what women and other wonderful humans want?
0: Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom, but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports — no, not the jet ski kind — and you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality.
2: This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male
4: submission is more common than you think, and more rewarding than you can ever imagine.
1: Yes, Mistress is available now on Kindle, and you can pre-order your copy at YesMistress.com.
0: Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of gray. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon and paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on what women and other wonderful humans want. Thank you.
1: Everybody's got to start somewhere. And for Jean Bardot, that somewhere... Was pretty famous.
0: It was called um, Sexorama. It was in the First Avenue Nightclub here in Minneapolis. It was a Wednesday, and um, it was kind of an audition to be a performer every week for this Sexorama event. I lied about my age. I was underage. I had balls larger than life, I guess, at the time and just went for it.
1: <laughs> the legendary Jean Bardot, December 14th on what women and other wonderful humans want. Welcome back to the show, joined by Shiny Bound and John Woods of American Damsels as we're talking what it's like to be on the other side of the camera from what we normally discuss on the show. And just before the break, John mentioned the fact that shiny likes shiny things especially when it came to Batgirl. What was your first taste of spandex and why did that become your trademark?
2: Oh, I don't I don't know when the first one, I think the earliest memory I have of magic spandex was uh, I saw a Crystal Gale performance on live TV and she was wearing like uh, some blue spandex disco pants and I just couldn't take my eyes off them. So I think that might have been the first thing. And uh, uh, growing up in the 80s, you know, the big jazzercise craze, you know, that I wasn't allowed to watch. Uh, (laughs) So it was just all pretty taboo and and pretty magical.
1: John, what was the outfit of choice for you when you first got into things? Uh,
3: I I still think that, you know, there were a lot of secretary type Outfits, uh, and probably for me that was a lot of fulfillment because I had been working in an office that had a lot of women in them, and of course, you know, now I now I get to select and you get to wear shorter skirts and you know tighter blouses than they, they were wearing in the real world and stuff like that. Oh, but one thing about for shiny though, uh, I, a lot of guys of your generation, you're like about a generation or so after me. Uh, I, I got to figure that you were probably like a big fan of Buck Rogers and that kind of thing. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. Aaron Gray. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. In, in, for in sure. The,
3: in those days, it seemed like, uh, it, it's funny to watch the reruns now and you look at it and all the women, well men too, but the women particularly wearing all this, the spandex and stuff. And you think, I think that had to be, you know, the, the psychological imprinting for all the guys who are really into spandex and shiny stuff.
2: Yeah. So, Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, like all the early spandex, uh, clad women yeah for sure solid gold <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> between yeah. solid gold and pat benatar i was done <laughs> <laughs> so this show began as a show about how people connect with each other when you all first got into the business how did you connect? And I'm sure, John, you'll talk about the fact that it was with Harmony, so they kind of came to you a bit. But how did you connect with those first models that you worked with? John, I'll let you go first. Um, how did I connect to them? That's,
3: I, I, I guess more so than than any of the, the uh, current producers or, or later producers. Um, I had this tremendous advantage that for somebody, for a producer these days, they're sort of coming out of nowhere and the models don't know who this guy is. Is this like just a guy with the camera? Is he a crazy person? But so here I am with an established you know, company and for the most part, Lorelei or Star Chandler were with me at those times. And so um, that sort of, them at ease because they knew there was, there was another woman there, there was not going to be anything terrible happening. Um, I remember early on, uh, I used to have regular meetings with RQ back, back in the bondage life days. And one of the first meetings he said was, uh, I think he asked me something like, How do how you relate to them? How are you going to relate to the models? And I, I guess I answered correctly because I didn't get fired after that. I said, Well, I'm not here to hurt them but I'm not here to date them either. So I think that sort of put it where it's at. You know, I was like, yeah, you, you want to treat them with respect, but you know, a, a lot of the producers don't treat the models with the, the respect they deserve, or they, they try to push their limits physically or sometimes mentally or emotionally. Um, so, But that's the thing I think is important to keep. But on the other hand, you can't be too namby-pamby or it's really going to look kind of sad, but and it can annoy a lot of the, the viewers, so. So, lead to them, You try to lead to them on a professional basis. I guess, you, you know, they know that you're not some creep who's just out for cheap thrills, and you know, and you're not one of these guys whose uh, you know main throw
2: in life is degrading somebody.
1: Shiny, I'm guessing you had to start from scratch.
2: I did, but I did have the benefits of some of the more modern uh, tools, and and you know, like uh, I had a, a profile on FetLife. And uh, I reached out to some of the models that were going to be at a fetish con that I was going to. And that's kind of where I got my big start. And kind of going back to your very first question uh, of uh, my first shoot, uh, it was kind of funny because uh, I met, it was Teramisu. And she came up to my hotel room. And you know uh, she didn't know me from anybody. And she didn't know who I could be. so. Uh, she showed up with a uh, giant Ivan Boulder with her <laughs> as an <laughs> escort. So uh, he, he checked it out and made sure I was all right and everything like that. And then uh, left her there so I could film my first video and then came back and got her when she was all done. So it was, it was kind of a funny thing and, and uh, a fun experience.
1: <laughs> was that the famous uh, blue cat suit spread eagle with her eyes just as wide as days?
2: Yes, sir. That's the one.
1: I remember that just because of Tara's just the way she looked and she played that to the hilt. That was just so
2: beautiful. It was my very first experience.
1: So from there, did you just start reaching out either through model mayhem or what were some of the ways you were able to connect with those first models?
2: Well, I kind of entered a mentorship with another producer. And so uh, I would go to Florida and kind of piggyback the shoots that he was doing with the models already. So he would just book them for like an extra hour and then I would just uh, do an hour of work at the very end there. So uh, I did that for about the first six months I was starting. So that helped me to build a lot of the relationships and things with the models that were around that area. John,
1: your stories had always had some sort of story to them. videos and and photos always seem to have some sort of theme or story. How much fun was it to put together those stories, knowing the possibilities that you can have with it?
3: (laughs) Uh, It's great because, again, working in a regular nine-to-five job uh, is just mind-numbing in many ways. And so your mind has a tendency to go off on fantasies. And then you have to be able to bring them to life. Uh, is, is really amazing. It's like something that probably most people don't get a chance to do. The, um, I guess these days, well, even in the past too, you, you need to, to tailor these stories to the people you're working with. In other words, some people are really great at acting. Other people have no interest in it at all and are not very good at it. Uh, so, if you there's something you know the model can do or do well, then you, you play to their strengths. and uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's 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 nice to be able to live out all these fantasies to uh, uh, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is paying homages to our collective histories and mainstream media and things like that. except of course, you got to tweak it and make it a little bit better and you know, more like what you wish it had been. so you
1: know. shiny, so many of your videos and photo sets at least when i see you post them on fetlife have a wonderful story behind them does the idea for the tie come first or does the story come first
2: um actually i think the the i don't know it it all just kind of comes together on the fly i don't really script anything ever um so, yeah, a lot of times it just kind of writes itself.
1: When you're planning a scene or planning a tie, what is the negotiation that goes on between you and the model? Is it something that you have in mind or is it a collaboration between the two? How does it all work?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, communication of course uh, is the big thing um But, you know, some models, uh, like John said, you know, you play to their strengths, you know, some models have some, some great flexibility, you know, in their shoulders and they can do some real tight ties. Other models can't do that so well. So you do something else that looks equally spectacular, like with a different tire position, you know, you just kind of, you gotta be real limber thinking, um, when you're working with models and, uh, and uh, just, it, it just kind of comes together. It's kind of magical how it all comes together. but uh, And it's fun too, you know. And a lot of times you get the models at the end of the shoot saying, uh, wow, you know, I didn't know that was something I could even do. Or, you know, they're, they're happy with themselves that they did uh, the difficult situation or got through it or, you know, it just works out. John, to that point,
1: did you ever have a model that came in very shy and not kind of knowing what they're doing. And by the end of the session, suddenly felt this great confidence and feeling how powerful those ropes can be, even though they're on them, how powerful it can make them as a vision? Uh,
3: Let's see, (laughs) after after all these years, it's hard to remember each and every one, but uh, (laughs) quite frequently, um, you have a model come in, usually more these days, I guess, since Fifty Shades of Grey came out, Bondage is not such an alien concept that people haven't heard of it. They don't know what it is. Uh, so, uh, you know, years ago when we first started, very few models seemed to have personal interest, admitted personal interest in the content. Uh, now it seems like a pretty good percentage of them do. The, I, That happened more so in the past, like in the Harmony days. You'd have somebody coming in, basically, um, you have these glamour models who would come in and basically just did not want to do regular hardcore sex or adult-type content. So fetish was safe because there was was no sexual contact and there was frequently not even nudity. Um, And so sometimes you would have these totally vanilla women coming in, and yet they seemed to take to it like a duck to water. You know, it's like they suddenly just uh, didn't have to do like a lot of directing. They just somehow seemed to get it. And uh, and that was always very, very gratifying, very, a lot of fun, you know, or um, let's see, or if the model suddenly thinks, maybe there is something to this. It happened with the, at least once or twice with the couples, like they had not experimented with but Once the guy sees his girlfriend tied up, or saying, hmm, you know, this, this has some possibilities. <laughs>
1: I can only imagine going back with the models that you've worked with. You have worked from some who have come from the adult entertainment industry. You said you worked with some who were more of a glamor model or vanilla. Was one easier to work with than the other?
3: Uh, well, let's see, each other, their pros and cons. Uh, in the, the pre-internet days, uh, there were seem to be more actual fetish models. It seems like there are very few just fetish models these days. That most of them are coming from the regular adult business. Um, the 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 glamour models, the models who are you know basically hoping to break through in regular Hollywood or uh, you know those types. Um, they were nice because they were they were much more um, keen to to do the acting part. Enjoy doing stories because it's more than just sitting there and you know doing a vignette. Uh, the the one advantage to working with the women who are doing regular adult stuff is that they're not shocked by anything. You know there may be <laughs> there may be uh, you know the, the, the glamour type models or the the wannabe actresses who you who used to work with. Uh, might say no to something, might be shocked, or something like that. Um, You can't, very, very difficult to
1: shock the, the, the regular adult models that we're working with these days. Shiny, these days, it's hard to name every model. Back in John's days, you could go through and go, Darla, Simone, Noel Nielsen, Jennifer West, and you could just literally rattle, rattle them off, kind of like you'd rattle off the baseball team that you grew up with. Now there are so many amazing models. What, what is the difference you think now with people just wanting to be tied up so much? Is it this new thrill that people have or was it the 50 shades rub? What is it that makes people go, please take me away?
2: I, I really couldn't tell you, uh, you know, some, some of the models just do it, uh, just for the work and the paycheck, you know, they just get through it. Uh, other models contact me that, you know, they, they, have a strong personal desire to get tied up for the first time or to try it out. Or uh, uh, I even have models that contact me that wanna try getting tied up, but don't wanna be on the website, you know? So it's just, uh, it, it comes from everywhere. It's hard to put a finger on for sure.
1: This is not something I've done before, but I'm watching you as we are on Zoom, watching you two listen to each other it almost seems as though you have questions for the other and would love to have a conversation amongst yourselves. (laughs) So shiny, I'm going to step back and I'm going to let you ask John, whatever you want to and John vice versa, please go ahead.
2: (laughs) Well, um, shoot. I've been a fan of John's for, for years. I think some of the first magazines I ever got were like spreads of his or, some of the, you know, first VHS tapes I got was the old like JW series, you know, from harmony. That was, uh, wow. Just, uh, it's, it's, it's really huge kind of, uh, being here and being on the same thing with him. It's, uh, it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I am touched. (laughs) Uh, yeah, man. Uh, wow. I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of uh, shell
1: shocked now. I, uh... <laughs> Is there any special model you want to ask him about? Because you grew up or you were, your formative years were watching what he produced. You, I could only imagine that you put yourself in that mindset every now and then saying, oh, yeah, Ashley Renee, come on over. Let's have some
2: fun. <laughs> Right. You know, I just wonder about I hear about all the old parties, you know, like uh, the old uh, Hollywood parties and things like that back in the day with all the old producers coming together and having these wild soirees with tied up girls and all this stuff going on. And there's like this very hedonistic thing going on back then, you know, you hear every once in a while, some of the uh, the old generation slips up and says something about it, you know and uh, i just want to know what that was all like
3: (laughs) darn i did not get invited to those parties (laughs) what uh and i don't know why i i I, but it's it's funny back before i came out to california uh there was a producer called jd i don't know if you're familiar with him or not he did a lot of the equestrian themed stuff for harmony and i worked with kiri kelly a lot and uh they they used to have some wild parties. They, it's funny they would get uh, they would get a model and they have a lot of people with cameras. They tie her up. Everybody takes pictures, and they, so they would get done in a fraction of the time because then they would all get high. And, so, <laughs> and I you know that was that was before I got here. And uh, let's see the rest of the time no nah, no 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 wild parties. Darn I, I don't know don't know how I missed out on that right but, but uh, John is uh, I think what what you have here is sort of like I feel like
4: you
3: know, I'm one of the ancient elders but um, when you have you know me who is like old school and then you have shiny who is one of the new guys I, I'm uh, I, I'm so impressed that you like, sort of came out of nowhere if you will and you've been doing remarkably well uh, how'd you do it like <laughs> I guess the, the thing is I I probably should should like I don't know come visit you or have you come visit us uh, your, your, your youthful skill with the social media and the internet is, I think is one of the things that tremendously helped you. I mean, you're, you're very talented as well. And I'm very impressed with the rigging and, and the whole look of, of what you're doing. Um, but it's like, again, you're, you're new generation. You're like the guy who's like risen to the top because uh, as well as your talent, I think your ability to, to work it, you know, work this system, uh, let's see oh and also i i've seen uh some of the behind the scenes stuff and you have this you were doing some of your supernatural type things with you know creeping ropes and that kind of thing uh how the hell do you afford that <laughs> do you have like uh have an inheritance you have a regular day job that pays well <laughs> just or just determination and you 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 know how do how do you, how do you get uh, set up like that i was just really blown away as so i was also blown away by um the effort that you put into creating the frames and things like that, you know, the all that kind of thing, uh, which I had the, I don't know, uh, the wherewithal to <laughs> to assemble something like that. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm challenged as far as that goes too. But anyway,
2: so wow, I'm blown away. <laughs> wow, <laughs> holy cow! Uh, just I have a big art background. Uh, hmm. Well, that's helpful. I did graphic design and tattooing for 25 years before I got into being a producer so I think that the graphic design background was a big help of getting you know the layout and the logo and all the stuff done and and then I just have a a rigorous uh promotion schedule that I follow as well like whenever something releases I have a whole checklist of places that I put it and, and a list that I go down that of just all the different venues that i stick a little trailer or a little picture or something up at and uh right. so i don't i'm just really uh i, I work a lot is <laughs> i don't really ever take any time off so that's
3: um, one, of the, one of the uh you know one of the consequences of being self-employed is that you never get a day off you know it never it seems like you're always working or you're, you realize you're losing money or something
2: Yeah, I, uh, I just got, I got really lucky and, and, you know, bondage was my passion since I was a kid. Like I knew since childhood before I even knew that it was called bondage, you know, I just had a big draw to it. So I'm definitely doing something I'm very passionate about. So, uh, I, I just want to make it look good. I want to make it look artistic and, uh, and I've been, yeah, trying to get into different things with animation and with, uh effects and things like that too to to make the videos a little more interesting and and whatnot but uh, yeah just this is basically all I do and I don't ever really take any time off so I better be good at it
1: (laughs) I think there's probably dozens of guys listening right now going oh poor shiny (laughs) yes (laughs) I feel awful because I can't tie up women all day (laughs) The, the
3: shoots are the fun part but that's only a tiny percentage of what mm-hmm. you're actually doing you know it's like the rest of it is the business end which is business you know it's it's, uh, it's not all fun and games I wish it was but no all right well on the on the one hand when you're editing you get to look at died up women or like, pornography if you will all day and getting sort of get paid for it um but on the other hand yeah it's uh, the actual
1: tying and doing stuff it's, it's a very small percentage of the overall when you gentlemen are tying the women up just how much can you feel the headspace that your models are in and the enjoyment they're getting out of it
3: that's kind of hard to say because uh, because everybody is different you know the, uh, it's anywhere from zero to a hundred you know if you have a model who is uh, only doing it for, for the money, you know, for, for the, the day's gig and has no interest in it at all. You don't get anything. Um, then you have other models who are just happy as can be. You know, the, and uh, that, of course, makes for a more pleasant, fun shoot as opposed to the ones who you don't relate to or connect with at all. So
1: who um, are the ones that you worked with that lived for it? that just absolutely loved every piece of work? Uh, First thing, well, uh,
3: I'd have to say Ashley Renee. I mean, she's one of the most bondage positive people you're likely to ever meet in your lifetime. And um, she's a wonderful person too. It's funny because you work with hundreds and hundreds of people over the years. And, but there's only like very few that you really connect with and really are friends with uh, for the duration. And, and she's one of them. I haven't seen her as often as she would like lately, but, you know, um, Lorelai also really enjoys what she's doing. Uh, she's sort of feel like she's aged out of modeling these days. A lot of her fans would disagree, but have to respect her wishes as far as that goes. Um, uh, later on, after we're all done, I'll think of all the others, but, but <laughs> Ashley is the first one uh, foremost in my mind.
2: Shiny, do you have some people in mind? Uh yeah, you know, uh, uh, pretty much everyone I'm working with is is really bondage positive. Uh a lot of them are seeking me out for the jobs. Um you know, a uh, few that come to mind, maybe like uh Lydia Black. Amazing, loves bondage, loves EDSM in general. Um loves to come over and get really tightly tied. Uh Wow. Yeah. The, uh, I'm working with like kind of a wide variety right now and and it's all, it's all going pretty well. A lot of the girls are really, uh, into the bondage that I'm doing. So
1: shiny, do you have, this is like asking for your, who your favorite kid is. And I realize it's not fair, but do you have one tie or one video that you have done that you look back and you say how did i ever pull that off
2: uh and if there
1: are a couple of them i would understand but i'm just
2: curious yeah um there are like some pretty wacky things that i've done in the past that i look back on and uh like what was going through my head when I attempted that, you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just me getting lazy with, uh, with my, my work now, but, <laughs> or maybe I just, uh, you know, have kind of, uh, a system that I'm working in now to where my, my ties are a certain way and I'm not experimenting so much anymore, but, uh, <laughs> John, oh, how God. about you?
3: I, I can relate to what you're saying, that uh, I look at some of my old, older works and you think, wow, that was that was really impressive. I don't know if I could do that today or would do that today, because you always feel like with the shoots, you you always are watching the clock. In, in the regular adult business, uh, they might have a model on set for 12 hours or more just hanging around doing nothing. Uh, and I feel that's kind of taking unfair advantage of them. Uh, so, so, uh But for me, uh, some of the most impressive work I had had, personally feel I had done is lost. Uh, Mm. If you remember way back when, there was a guy named Aaron James who had uh, video plexus. And he, we sort of had sort of this like free trade thing where he would help me with my shoots and I would help him with his. Of course, I was a little bit more experienced with rigging. So I ended up doing like a lot of it. And there's this one model who I don't know ever became of her. Her name was Joy Lee, a lovely Asian model, uh, very into the bondage and everything like that. And uh, and I'm so sad that that the, the the work that I did with her is gone. Uh, Aaron James kind of dropped off the map. I tried to track him down just to offer to buy those old tapes you know, so I could re-release them or something. Uh, but either either he completely disappeared or just did, didn't respond to my my inquiry. So sadly, uh, but otherwise, uh, some of the best rigging work I've done uh, was stuff that I've done with Lorelei at private parties and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because you're not on the clock. You're just mm-hmm. doing it for fun. You're doing it because you like it. And that was some of the best stuff. Sadly, And there's, again, no pictures of that
1: either. No pictures, <laughs> no video. Do you have a character that's near and dear to your heart like, was Spellbinder a wonderful character that you loved? What do you, Virtuous Venus, I think of, and I'm not exactly sure if these are all your characters, but you had a lot of super heroine characters in your day. Did you have one that was your favorite? That's,
3: it's it's a tough question because I didn't create any of those characters. Oh, okay.
1: No, I, back.
3: I um, you know, RQ or, or possibly Tarsus uh, created Spellbinder. I think RQ did way back when. And all, all of the super heroines from the TBE series were all Lorelai's creations. Uh, since then, yeah, I created quite a number of them. Um uh, I have a favorite. Wow, <laughs> tough call. I guess what, what kind of surprises me in, is in some cases, like with you guys, is that you remember these characters. You know, <laughs> I mean, a, a character is like, another day at the office for me, uh, I think I created the, the uh, sapphire, the... Um, the the, she was uh, a corpse wife um shauna lake and apparently she made a big impression on some people because you still see artists doing pictures of her or or you see the pictures being posted and things like that and she was lovely um but that's one of the things i i one of my things on my bucket list is uh to create an enduring character (laughs) you know i i would love to come up with a superhero and it's going to catch people's attention and their imagination and you'll find artists drawing pictures of her and other people you know doing things with the character i've yet to be able to to
1: grab that so hopefully i'll do that before i retire or die or something shiny you've actually worked with one of those characters and i had sam houston binder on this show earlier this year along with four women who play ultra girl. And I know that you've done an ultra girl scene. Do you have any characters that are near and dear to your heart that you love working with?
2: Um, yeah, the ultra girl stuff was cool. Um, I did a few of those videos with, with a few different models. And uh, uh, near and dear, I mean, I I love the cosplay stuff and I love mixing the cosplay with the bondage. So uh, to tell you the truth, uh, I, I love the Batgirl stuff. I love the Spider Woman stuff as well. You know, like the skin tight Zentai stuff is uh, the cat suits and whatnot. Uh, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Do you own stock in
1: Leo Hex? That's what I want to know.
2: Oh, I wish I did. I wish I did. It's it's like a. I am always online buying new. <laughs> I have a bad shopping problem with the, <laughs> the Leo Hex site and. uh, And also Poshmark, you know, with buying all like the vintage, like Victoria's Secret and Frederick's lingerie from like the 90s and whatnot, too. So, uh, yeah, I need to stay off the Internet as much as possible.
1: I was perusing Leo Hex earlier this week, so I know exactly how you feel. We're going to take one more break, and we will be back to wrap things up with Shiny and John Woods when we continue on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want.
4: Hello, I'm Jessie Sage from Peep Show Media. Peep Show Media is a multimedia magazine bringing news and stories from the sex industry. Be sure to check out our website at peepshowmedia.com for essays, porn reviews, events, interviews, news stories, and more. Also, make sure to listen to our podcast, The Peep Show Podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. And for a bit more of a personal glance into my life, make sure to check out my January 15th interview on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Hi. This is Rachel Ledham, aka The Conscious Masochist. I'm an author and sadomasochism integration mentor who encourages the mindful exploration of your dark side. I offer astrological birth chart readings to interpret your sadomasochistic blueprint through the clues found within your chart. You can learn more about my work, including the ebook Conscious Masochism, at my website, www.rachaledham.com and join us on Instagram at The Conscious Masochist. And be sure to check out my episode in the archives of what women and other wonderful humans want. Hi, I'm Venus. I've been sharing my love for this beautiful relationship dynamic for, well, years now. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that finally there's a matchmaking service for single women and single men Who want a loving, cuckolding relationship. It's called Venus Connections. It's a personalized matchmaking service and three-week educational program that's safe, private, and individualized for what you want. Women, you no longer need to endure the headache of filtering through blank profiles and dealing with online creeps. And men, you can stop wasting time on those fake profiles and women with all sorts of ulterior motives. Venus Connections works for you to find what you want. You can learn more at VenusConnections.com. That's VenusConnections.com. You deserve the relationship of your dreams.
0: Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the total archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans
1: want welcome back to the show joined by shiny bound and john woods of american damsels two amazing bondage producers and i'll start this segment by asking john first is there or are there rather bondage producers that you look up to that's that's an awfully good
3: question um The, 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 there, there's this old saying that, that the, you know, when you go into any uh, business or profession that you learn the dark side, <laughs> the is sort of the down downside of, of that. Um, and so while, when I first started or before I came out to California, I would have looked up to these people and said, wow, these guys are great, you know. Uh, then you get to know them and you hear the stories about them and you're like, oh, they're human just like everybody else. Um, the, I, I do like and respect a lot of the work that the people do. Sometimes it's, you know, not so much the, the people themselves, but mm-hmm. but you admire the work. And um, I think kudos should go out to, to Eric Holman. Uh, I am kind of surprised that more people have not, nobody to my knowledge has ever interviewed him. The guy mm-hmm. has been around since, you know, way back when, <laughs> and worked with, thousands and thousands of models and has probably has a lot of great stories. That is also a fascinating person just in general. Um, I do look at the fact that he's been able to do it for all these years. I mean, I think probably uh, somebody has somebody else in mind uh, probably been the the longest continuous bondage producer since I, I can't imagine when, I mean, he's been doing it for 30, somewhere between 35 and 40 years. Wow. Um, so, I, I do look up to, to him, you know, as um, to a degree, uh, just for his longevity and, uh, and been managing to, to put out a decent quality product for all that time. Uh, See, so trying to think if there's others.
1: Any uh, of the modern day guys that you just go, wow, that's pretty darn cool?
3: <laughs> uh, the funny thing is like, you, you get to them and you either think, well, this person is a competitor and he is, uh, and thus I hate them, but, but that's not true. Uh, take Shiny Bond, for example. I could say, oh, I, I'm jealous of his success because he's doing a great job. But I also feel like well, two things. One is there's room for everybody uh, and everybody has different tastes. Uh, and that's the other thing, everybody's got different tastes. So his audience, there's gonna be over obviously overlapping but there's probably going to be some things that my audience, my fans, my buyers are going to to look at that they're not going to like what he's doing and vice versa. Um, so anyway, (laughs) I got lost there.
1: (laughs) Shiny. How about you? Are there any producers that you
2: look up to A, a ton? Uh, all the time. Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, super impressed uh you know of course there's the old school you know uh all the guys that kind of paved pieces of the road that i walk on that uh you know uh trailblazing guys and uh and then yeah there there are some modern producers that are doing great stuff. Um, I'm seeing like a lot of really cool stuff, like from Europe and Japan right now, um, coming across. And then uh, some really impressive. Uh, shoot. shoot, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of on the spot there. Yeah, <laughs> you know um as far as producers that have kind of paved the road and are still producing like uh you know maybe like Jim Weathers stuff like that of course you know I've been a huge fan of his forever I love his neat rope work and his uh costuming and wardrobe and you know his makeup and all this stuff look fantastic um so you know he's he's kind of like a a big inspiration of mine like make it look good like Jim does you know uh shoot yeah i don't know (laughs) that's a hard question
1: it is a tough question so i'll ask you both an easier one now and i'll let you start shiny how much fun is it to be the villain
2: uh it's it's fun it's a little stressful (laughs) you know how so well you know you're on set like like john said you're on a camera you know on a time limit, uh, watching the clock. Uh, but you know, you got everything else going on too, besides just being a villain, you've got a, a girl tied up, you know, that's relying on you for her safety. You've got, uh, a camera set up. Is it in the right angle? Like, are you getting the, you know, shot? Um, you know, so it's just a lot going on all at once. So it can be a little bit, uh, stressful for sure.
1: How about you, John? When you put on that hooded outfit and look (laughs) evil. Well, uh,
3: as as Shani said, you know, sort of like wearing two hats at once because you're director and you're also, you know, the the on-screen guy. Uh, I am very fortunate that that Lorelai is usually there to help me and tell me, you know, you're (laughs) put your hood down, your neck is showing, and the only part of me that's skin tone is showing or something. Uh, It is a lot of fun, but it's also. You you, you you hope you don't mess up. You know, it's like suddenly you're doing on-screen tying and it's like, what am I doing? I've suddenly forgotten how to tie, you know? And uh, if it comes out, it's great, you know? And, uh, and if it doesn't, then you're gonna hate yourself when you're editing it. But uh, I try not to, to overdo it because again, they're all tastes. Some some guys who want to see no men at all in their videos who would prefer to see only women. And other guys was like, but it's essential that there is a guy on there who is the bad guy and doing the tying and and doming the woman. So uh, I basically, also some some bad guys probably stay on screen too long. And, and so it's like, just do your bad guy thing and go and get off and let the model do her thing because that's really what they're here for. They're not here for you. you know?
1: I want to finish up with two specific questions, one for each of you. I'm going to start with you, John. Having Lorelei in your life and having a partner that enjoys what you do as much as you enjoy doing it. I remember seeing Lorelei back in the old Harmony magazines I know that through bedroom bondage and all the things that she's done, she has been active not only as a model, but as somebody who's given other people opportunities. What is that union like between the two of you? Uh, it's, well, it is,
3: um, first of all, I feel very remarkably lucky that I found her uh, as I don't know how common knowledge it is, but she's married to Eric Coleman and we've Mm. been together as a poly family for 27 years now. It's kind of rough going at first, but if you stick with it, it gets better. So again, just incredibly lucky that that all worked out and that nobody said, that's it. I can't take it. I'm out of here. Uh, I think the, the benefit is if you have somebody that you that you love and know and trust and you have a relationship that goes years and years and years um it sort of transcends the romantic love transcends uh everything else and you just become partners that you and you know you can trust them and it becomes an absolute trust uh and that's one of the one things you just can't experience anywhere else you have to you have to put in the time and as well as the effort and try to be a good partner. And if you're lucky, you have a partner who will be a good partner for you. So that's,
1: that's been about it. That's awesome. Shiny. One thing I admire very, very much about you is the fact that you are totally inclusive when it comes to what you do, because there is a whole different side that a lot of guys don't know. Or maybe they do because they look at the pictures and they go, that's not a woman. The TG pictures that you do are amazing and still have the same passion that your pictures of the beautiful women models that you work with have. How did that come about number one? And number two, how empowering is it to those models to be able to express that side of themselves?
2: Yeah, it all came about. It's, it's been a wonderful experience, you know, um, to be able to shoot like uh, both sides of the feminine uh, spectrum there and, um, I started it, actually, I was approached by a model named, uh, well, actually a porn star named Natalie Mars um, at a trade show. And uh, her and I became really good friends. And she was really into uh, bondage and fetishy stuff and whatnot. And uh, so we just started brainstorming ideas for, uh, for, for, uh, like a possible website that we were going to put together uh, featuring her and like a bunch of her uh, trans porn star friends and things like that. And uh, so I don't know, it, it all just kind of like honestly just fell in my lap and I've really been enjoying working with all of them. And uh, the project, the Chinese bound sluts project thing has been so much fun to work on and just getting to know everybody in that community as well has been, really, really awesome. And, um, I've been having a lot of fun with it and, um, yeah, it's been great. I feel like I
1: could talk to you guys for a long time because this feels almost like we're sitting around a table, having a beverage and reminiscing on different things. I hope you understand that it's been an absolute honor to have both of you on the show and that, I want to thank you on behalf of all the people who appreciate your work and the people who have garnered so much joy from what you've done, and even more so, realize that we're not alone. There are other people who like what we like, and there's nothing wrong with it because we could have grown up our entire life thinking, oh, we're not normal. But the fact is, we're the most wonderful kind of normal that there is. Thank you gentlemen for both being on the show. It's been an honor. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) It's so interesting to go back and think of the Harmony Concepts or even before that, the Harmony Communications Days. It was pretty amazing to hear John tell stories and also hear Shiny tell stories of how he works with bondage models today. It was so great getting to talk to both of them, and I hope to catch up with them soon. And coming up in 2022, we'll speak with another pretty good bondage producer, the legendary Jim Weathers. Coming up next week, speaking of legends, it's the legend herself, Jean Bardot pro-dom, fetish model, rubber model extraordinaire. She belongs on the Mount Rushmore of fetish models, and she joins us next week on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Until then, I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always what women
0: and other wonderful humans want connects with you we invite you to follow us on social media check us out at what women want p1 on twitter what women want podcast on instagram and for our kinky friends on fetlife at wwwpodcast podcast this has been a presentation of dating kinky